fun, and then you check your time, your clock, your watch will go backwards. <laughs> it'll it'll erase your debit card. Okay, now June. Now, here he is. The famous voiceover artist is here again. Let's Rocky Bullwinkle. Yeah. Okay, so what it is is Miss Sally is calling saying that her wigs have been stolen. Okay? And they're hot on the wig market. And we know who stole them, of course. It's, uh, you know, Jane and Nora. It's Craig and Todd. Oh, you, you mean Craig and Todd, yeah. Uh, becoming Jane. Craig and Todd stole them. Uh-oh, here comes Al Pacino. Better run. What I love about June Foray, I know I said it before, she made it to 100. She died at 100. That's when you win life. That's when you beat life. Well, she was Smurfette, wasn't she? I mean, she was she was Rocky. She was Smurfette. She uh, was on no. Joe Piscopo's comedy album from the 80s. Yeah, Jane Paul, Jane Pallet. Oh, it sounds she like married you know, Gary maybe you're right. I mean, I only know her from Disney movies, like being the princesses and Cinderella and stuff. She had a lot of Disney voiceover work. I think she was Smurfette. And there's also Jane, so not to be confused with Jane Pally the, from Good Morning America. This is June Foray. June Foray. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, so today is the last day of the girls' skiing lessons, and they can get over this some like it hot routine, he's saying. Oh, yeah, right. Now, do you remember their plot to make... Uh, um, the, uh, Mr. What's his name? Darn it. Our horned rim get I'm glad to say I don't remember it. They want to make him, uh, cuckoo. So he can't chaperone them with the girls. Um. And so he's now doing more, like, let's drive him crazy. Why did I lose this guy's name? Robert Q. Lewis as Mr. Peevney. Mr. Peevney. Say, would you mail this for me, please? Oh, well. oh, will you stop with the Hiroshi's accent, all right? It's not funny. <laughs> will you mail this for me, please? I will take that as a yes. Uh, I'm going crazy. Listen, that's just Junkie Public. No relation to Junkie Public. Mush. That was a good movie. Did you? Mush. What do you want for breakfast? Mush. All the children. By the way, those are fifteen children in fifteen different dogs' uh, outfits for that scene. They oh. couldn't get the polar bear uh, animal trainer. They weren't gidget. So they had to wear costumes. Gotcha. Yeah. Like in Peter. They weren't get there. Was fifteen gidgets. Fifteen gidgets were there. So now Nita, they're asking Nita, like, what's wrong with American girls? And she was like, I was just going to ask you the same thing. They're trying to find out more about girls, like, as if they're girls. And American girls, are they're, they play games and all they do is talk. Not like in Sweden, she's right. flying where we just have sex. Right. Have you seen the Swedish movie? Yeah, well, there's x-rated ones and then there's regular ones now back uh back in our day sweden started it all in the 70s right 
Well, there's two famous political films. I'm Curious Orange and I'm Curious Yellow. Uh-huh. And there's always like this like appeal of sex. I think one of them was in Taxi Driver. Oh, I forgot the movie that was in Taxi Driver. But it's mostly like, you know, political, uh, topical political uprising in Sweden. So it was, you know, kind of a bait and switch. Oh, yeah. They lured you with the sex. Yeah. They you, baited you. Come, you. you come for the sex, you stay for the politics. So now they've learned they that uh, Nita has another Swedish friend named Helga who works in town. And so Frankie Avalon, again, he gets a great idea. He says, if we double date with Helga and Nita, our girlfriends will get jealous. And that's Freddie's technique. If the girls want you, then other girls want you. Right. That is a Freddie style. Mm-hmm. So they're... So he goes, okay, we'll go on the date, but I get Nita, not Helga. And he goes, you don't know if Helga could be beautiful. So they ask Nita, what's Helga like? You'll like her. She's a lot of fun. She has a great personality. Nice personality. Yeah. Even in 1965. Okay. So he's going away to come back as Todd in 10 minutes to ask the date. And now we're going to break the fourth wall again. Watch, watch. All right. Look, uh, have a Coke or something. Nothing's going to happen for at least 10 minutes. <laughs> so he told the audience to go <laughs> go get a Coke. But I still did it. But he's wrong that nothing's going to happen because Freddie slinks up on Nora Suggesting they oh, go yeah. to the ride together. He said, I gotta go to the theater manager. The movie told me to take over to the concession stand and I missed the most important part. Yes, that's right. The ski the ski hilar- the sled hilarity when he's out of control. So he's like buzz off and he goes, I bought you cocoa. And so now Nora is starting to warm up. Never mind that he's a guy, he's starting to warm really? up to uh, Freddie. Frankie. Frank, no, Freddie. Are you right. mixing character with Frankie Freddy. Avalon? Well, I thought the character's name was Frankie, and then I realized it's impossible in a Frankie Avalon movie to have a car- other yeah. character other than Frankie named Frankie. So, Nora likes that he got brought Coco. You know, it's all right, I'll go right. on a sleigh ride with you. I mean, a sled ride with you. Bonk. Sure, it's not urine from the last uh, the callback. It's pop. Oh, here you go. Oh, it's not a sled ride. He's cruel to women. No, no, no. He makes a mistake. He's like, oh no. <laughs> but she thinks, or he thinks, that Freddie is on, and he's talking to Freddie, and he litters. I know. I cried. That polar bear is sad. By the way, that polar bear. Big Coke addict, and I'm not talking the beverage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and all that snow. Just like no, that's in, not... what was that movie with John Cusack? Better Off Dead. Oh, right. Really? Better Off Dead. What's so the look, street value of this mountain? Frankie's trying to drive him crazy, so Frankie slips a wig on Mr. Peavy's head. That's not his name. 
So how many ski movies? I've seen some funny ski movies. There's the, the spiritual prequel to Hamburger the movie. There's Hot Dog the movie. Right. There's Ski School 1 and 2 with, with Dean Cameron. Uh, I guess uh, uh, Better Off Dead is a big uh, ski yeah, movie. Yeah, that's, that's a, got a ski premise. And, yeah, Ham, Ham, Hot Dog the movie, yeah, that's the cult one you and I saw. Uh, we saw Hamburger the movie. Uh, what does the oh no you're right we did see downhill or what was that oh right we did see that one we did it was uh yeah it was some crazy downhill and South Park made a parody of it and, yes uh, have you seen Force Majeure this is a film about a family that goes on a ski trip Man. and suddenly there's an avalanche it was made into a a, a Will Ferrell Julia Louise Dreyfus movie this year. Do you recommend it? I do. I absolutely do. I'm not going to give away the the ending or the middle, but everyone familiar with the movie knows the the twist in it, but it's really funny. So Yeah, it's good. It's worth it. So Frankie Avalon slipped the wig on his head, and now he thinks that, you know, he keeps having this dream. He tells his psychoanalyst that his mother wishes he was born a girl, and now he's like, I'm a girl! And now he thinks it's catching. He thinks it's contagious. <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? Is he like uh, DJ or something? Oh no, right, it's the John Key Public. Yeah, it's um. Oh gosh, here it is. Robert Q. Lewis as Mr. Peevney. So, oh look, the polar bear even hands yeah. out hot co- cocoa. I would not, he because then when you drink it, he'll slash you. He's yodeling. I check out your ass. Right. He's checking out her ass. Okay, so now it's step one of their plot. On purpose, Frankie is asking questions as if he's a reporter kind of thing for a school newspaper, but it's all so that the girlfriends <laughs> can overhear. Oh, wow. That is some bad journalism. Fake news. Fake news. He's just trying, just trying to make his girl jealous. Right. With Gidget. So right now she's saying, was, like, was... like um, we have eight months of night in Sweden. And he's like, what do you do? Do you do this? Do you do that? They say, no, no, no. And the implication is all they do is have sex in the dark. Right. They don't have television. Right. PlayStation wasn't invented back then. Which we know from COVID. But I do now. <laughs> yeah. So oh, there's plenty of things to do in the dark. There's PlayStation. She goes, what, do you, what did you ever see in him? And she goes, I don't know, but I do know now, because now she's starting to, like, want him back. Oh, right. It's work. Yeah, that'll be great. Just Plan's working. By the fire. The two of us. He should sing a song. <laughs> oh. We'll be back after this. After Michelle Geller. Hi. Oh, it's this, right? Yeah, you probably have to poke your face and stick it and then brush it, and it's still there. Yeah. Well, my sex cult has come up with a new formula. Oops, I mean, 
Mm-hmm. My paid sponsorship. Oh, it's concealer. It's not even medication. It's a medical concealer. See, if you have a blemish, you put concealer on, but that just makes the blemish worse. I you do. More. I know. I dust it. I damp it. I brush it. Mm-hmm. So what we got here is a medical concealer. So when you put on the concealer, it's actually healing your blemish. I need to, I need a second opinion. Do you have any outside testimonials? No, it's a commercial. <laughs> well, what about Sarita and Amanda? And, uh... Oh, you're saying? Hey, did you hear the great news? Itself? Yes. Yeah. They have opinions, and they're all for the medical concealer, the repairing concealer. Well, do I get a free gift at least? Uh, I'm gonna. Yeah, I gotta repair. <laughs> well, what's Megan's opinion about it? Because I know she was like, she looked pizza face. Oh, that's pizza face. I I didn't know her name was Mel. Uh... Pizza face frowns and concealer girl smiles. Right, that's before and after. Yeah. God, that's a lot of stuff to put on your face. You ever see the before yeah, and after? And it's two. clearly not the same person. Right. Well, yeah. it's usually like before is like a fat guy waiting for the bus, and then afterwards it's this buff guy lifting a bus. <laughs> Free shipping. You know, Mike, nothing captures right, one, eight. a moment like a photo. That's why I use Vistaprint. Oh, here it is. Yeah, so, well, tell me, because I have so many summer memories and awesome adventures and affordable moments that I just don't know how to print them into a card. Mm -hmm. Vistaprint. That's how I made my Hanukkah cards, Vistaprint. (laughs) Well, yeah, your Arbol Through Day card was terrific. It was a picture of you and a tree. Happy Sukkot. Is it some style, some sizes? Is it some paper stock? Because otherwise... No, it's all paper stock. It's all sizes. All right. Hang on, hang on. I'm an American eligible for Medicare. I need someone's calling for oh, my attention. That's good because the deadline yeah, is just some... days away. Uh, December 6, 2016. Listen, what you should do is you should well, listen to Dr. Martin Giza and call health markets. They have unbiased opinion that will help you make the right choice. What's the right plan for you? Well, I do want to update my plans and do it at no cost or lower my cost. Yeah, call health markets. Well, Carl, I'm not doing this if it's automatic. I'm just – that's not plan it would still rewrite for me. It's not automatic. You've got to make the choice. And how can you with all the complicated – Medicare A, B, Q, you should really call uh, health markets and take – What, for dumb, biased opinion? Unbi- I don't want dumb, biased opinion. <laughs> Dumb biased opinion. Oh, no, because no, it says smart unbiased opinion. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, if you want, well, can I choose cover, my own adventure? You want it to cover more and cost less. What does uh, an actor say about it? <laughs> yeah. Right. See? That's the way to go. Are oh. you a dummy? Well, yes. <laughs> now, I wish these cards... Oh, the delay is December 7th. Because we're about to see James Brown. If we could just...
fast forward through these commercials. Oh, uh, just come on. I know. Well, this this uh, again. This is a one hour and fifty nine minute video, so we will be. Uh, it's a pack show. I couldn't even take my time to say it because I have. The part of those that extra minutes at the end is the commercials. Okay, so we'll bail out at them. Yeah. So here we go. All right. Yeah. Now I'm the only person on this whole planet who doesn't like the song "I Feel Good." Right. It would have been nice. He had other songs back then. It would have been nice to see him do another song. But that's a good song. Well, it's his big hit, all... and AIP was very lucky to get it. He had done a movie called The Tammy Show. It's, uh, uh, it's capital T-A-M-I, and I think it's like Teenage America Music uh, oh. International. And it was, uh, it was a closed-circuit live presentation sent through satellite to certain uh, theaters, and it was a live music show. And it ended with James Brown, and it's a phenomenal performance. And he just, you know, he stands apart. Oh, so did his bus break down and he had to go to the ski resort? No, they are the ski patrol, and they just brought back Mr. Mister Peevney. Oh, right. And so they came to get their St. Bernard's refilled the drinks. Oh, yeah. That's his Blues Brothers 2000 as James Brown lit up a uh, movie screen. Now he's introducing the flame Was, by name, Lloyd, Bobby, and Bobby. Nice. Out of sight. Was the flames, uh, that wasn't his big group, right? Yeah. Here we go. Wow. So James Brown and the Fabulous Flames was the one who recorded I Got You, which everyone knows as I Feel Good. Oh, it's not called I Feel Good, it's called I Got You? Look at that sweater. I know that. Wow, look. I know. It is, it is sweater, no less. Now, he, James Brown said, I felt like I was in a straitjacket during his appearance here. I don't know why he says that. Like, he didn't well, the, the enjoy ski party is more segregated than the gray. The ski party is more segregated than the Greyhound bus ride over, that's for sure. Yeah, part of the, the implied joke here was that, like, they're an all-black ski can, ski patrol, you know, in this white bread resort. Oh. But he didn't. Just happened to be James Brown. Now, James Brown Brown never split his pants before when he did his, you know, his his signature split at the end of songs. Yeah. But he he splits his pants when he does it. Wow. Yeah. That's because American International pants are so cheap. Yes. AIPs? American International pants? Picture I just pants. think the song is so quirky and jerky. I feel good. And it's a well, horrible I'm... saxophone player. Is this, uh, is this not the version that's embedded in my head? It's the it's like famous version on, of the radio, yes. I got you. Jerky. Listen to the sax, Mike. Oh, they're leaving. You but hate that, huh? It's like a one minute 45 version, a 45 second version, and we're about to see him split his pants, but he plays it off like it didn't even happen. 
but it was in his memoirs. Rip. Does he go to the James Brown? Oh man. Well, I'll be honest. My computer crashed on me. Did it? Should I pause? Yeah, go ahead and pause. All right. I'm just waiting for it to. I'm, I just turned on the browser. Sorry, audience. We're gonna take a breather from James Brown. The worst when we. James... Yeah, it's just you know, Mutiny Radio Studio. Where where are you at, Carl? Okay, one minute. I mean, an hour thir- an hour thirteen minutes and twenty three. Thirteen twenty three. I'm at. Okay, perfect. You have to count me up. Okay, sounds good. Rip his pants. So good. Gonna rip my pants. Count me up now. Okay, hang on a sec. Gonna rip those pants. Oh, oh, and the snow went in his balls. All right, I'm at 17, 18, 19, 20. Three, two, one, go. They're having a, a post James Brown beach party, a uh, right. tea party. Playing cards. You know, I just read that the NBA passed out new rules for the, uh, their players, and they said during practice, if you play playing cards, you need to dispose the deck after every game. Really? Yeah, for COVID. You can't, you can't use the same playing, deck of playing cards twice. So Freddie is upset because Nora's lost in the wilderness. You know, he let him go, let her go on the sled. And then um, Barbara is very mad because Craig disappeared for 20 hours. Nobody saw him. And Nora was going in and out of his room. Clearly he's with Nora. Oh, right. So he's, she's huffing off. He's- and Freddie is jealous. Wow, Freddie's head over heels over Nora. Yes. So now Freddie gets a great idea. He knows that these guys have no guts. They haven't skied once. So he challenges them to a ski jump. And Frankie Avalon will do it to impress Nita, which is not... See, Nita offers, if you win, we'll play the American game, spin the bottle. And then Frankie Avalon breaks the fourth wall and says to the audience, well, this is an American film. (laughs) Maybe they just, well, I mean, you know what? I I like breaking the fourth wall. I'm a big fan of Hope and Crosby. Yeah, like the Road 2 movies with Bob Hope and they're all like, the fish got 15 lines and me, just two. There was a scene where uh, 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 they're fishing, uh, Bing is fishing, and then uh, Bob goes in the boat, and the fish uh, fish pops up and says a joke. And then later in the movie, the, a polar bear chases Bob. This is in Road to Utopia. And uh, after the chase, the bear shows the camera and goes, the fish got online, but I don't. So, okay, listen, I've oh. watched movies with you every single week for – Four years or right. something, and you always, when they 
break the fourth wall, you go, oh my god, this film isn't grounded. No, but it, and you complain about no, but it. What is, You're switching. I know, but they do, they, the way they break the wall is that they go, they give a look like, can you believe it? Look. Like, yeah. And unless you're Bugs Bunny or Eddie Murphy in Trading Places, it just doesn't work. Ah, you know? that's why. Like, you're not Bugs Bunny. You're not you're not Eddie Murphy. You know how Eddie will look into the camera like you know, pork bellies come from pigs, and he gives a look to the camera. Right. It's, it works, you know, and it's and it's held in. But if fucking Richard Grieco does it or Dwayne Hickman, it doesn't really work for me. <laughs> and I, okay. I, I consider lazy writing. You know, I, I'm all for the meta joke myself, but you know. So now Frankie Avalon has been roped into a ski jump, but that's okay. He's come up with a great plan. They have this weather balloon that goes up every night. So Dwayne has agreed to, well, not Dwayne, it's Craig, has agreed to steal the helium tank. That doesn't make any sense. And Frankie Avalon is in a wetsuit. Now, was Frankie Avalon part of the Disney clubhouse? Because I know Annette Finicello was a musketeer. You mean uh, the Mouse Club? I don't think so. I don't think so. Annette was a musketeer. You're right. Yeah. Ah, finally some commercials. Yeah. And the first one is the greatest one. It's Edible Arrangements. Oh, well, I was going to send you an Edible Arrangement, so thank you for that business meeting. Thanks, Mike. Well, hey, happy seasons to you and, and the rest of your department. So I had a meeting with Verizon, and they sent me, um, like, Verizon-themed pens for my office. But I thought it was an edible arrangement, and I was chewing it, ink. <laughs> you were eating the pens. So embarrassed in front oh, of my boss. He's like, what are you doing? I said, I got these pretzel sticks from Verizon. She goes, those are pens! The pretzel sticks. So embarrassing. covered in chocolate. <laughs> oh, this one has red jelly. They keep pitching this affordable death plan. Haven't those people died yet? Get their magnetic reading glasses? Enough already. Soon you don't have to look that direction or look out the window. All right, let me tell you something about this movie because uh, we have to watch these stupid commercials. Um, oh. Okay, Gene Corman was the producer, and he is the younger brother of Roger Corman. Oh, wow. Oh, who worked with Corman, too. Right. So, uh, let's see. This uh, James H. Nicholson and Sam Arcroft saw this movie right. called Girls on the Beach, and Gene Corman was its producer, so they hired him, and they knew Roger Corman, of course. Uh, and Corman hired Alan Rifkin, the director, who's all about TV, and Robert Kaufman was a writer for TV. So Hickman says that... D Dwayne Hickman says he hit it off immediately with Frankie Avalon, and they decided that they should play the characters like Hope and Crosby, like Frankie would be Crosby. Right. A smart... Like those movies I'm talking about. Right, and Hope would be the bumbler. And they ought to added a lot of physical stuff with help to not very imaginative script, he claims. Well, they went so like... They were making movies like twice a year. I mean, it was worse than Marvel movies. They were just cranking them out. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't hard to make, right? Yeah. 
So in 65 in March, it's one week into filming, and AIP were so happy with the rushes that they announced that um, Kaufman and Cor Corman and Rafkin would make a movie called Cruise Party starring these two guys immediately after. And we'll see in the end credits an upcoming Cruise Party movie. But because the film bombed, <laughs> they, they said, screw it, we're not doing it. And then that movie became Boat Trip years later. What? Gold? You mean Goldfoot? No, no. Did you ever see the Horatio Sands movie uh, Boat Party with Cuba Gooding Jr.? Maybe. Where they, 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 they wind up on a gay cruise? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Roger Moore's in it. Tell me more. So, well, I think I told as much as I need to say. They wind up on a gay cruise, so they have to pretend they're gay. I think I did see that film, but I just, that's the premise I remember, not anything about the yeah. film and Roger Moore. Yeah, either Roger Moore's in it, and uh, I don't know. I've seen that movie so many times, I don't even remember it. So they got turned off because the film tanked, and they're like, "Forget it, we're not making it." But then, like months later, they had a they changed had a change of heart, and they made that Doctor Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine with them. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, that's an insane movie, and I think there's a sequel. It's like you ever see uh, Austin Powers of the Fembots? That's basically yes. the Bikini Machine. Mm -hmm. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, so he creates these Fembots in bikinis. So now it's time for the jump, and here goes uh, Freddy, who's excellent at it, and everyone loves it. Da, 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 da. What was the Wild World of Sports theme song? Yeah, it wasn't that. That was uh, the Wildlife Show. That was Mutual of Omaha. Yeah, right. I get the two mixed up. So Dr. Um, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Penvy here now Penny. announces Frankie Avalon who you know they're scared because it's his first time ever jumping. But you and I know he has a helium tank. Right, he sounds like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah. Frankie Avalon. Remember the Roxy Music song, Avalon? No. I remember Roxy Music. Avalon. Okay, here comes you the remember jump. The movie? And he pulls the cord. And it's working! Hey. Everything's perfect. Nothing can go wrong. Wow, that must have spent how much money they spent on special effects for that one. They're blowing air in his suit, I guess. So now they say he's floating. So he went to jump and floated away. And he's smiling like it's a success. So now wait, is he gonna ever... saying, he's so fat. How did he get so fat? And Dwayne's going, well, he had a big breakfast, you know. <laughs> so now he can't release it. Like, he keeps on getting higher. I mean, look how high he is. He's clearly going to die. Right. So Dwayne is like, pull the rip. No one's depressed. And he's like, I can't find it. But, but no one else is noticing this. 
Craig's not going to take this lightly. You know, he wants to action. And so uh, Mr. Pevney is like, well, we'll probably scramble jet fighters and fight, fight, shoot them down. So Craig's going to do it on his own. He shoots Frankie? Yeah, he pops a hole in his balloon. Whoa, popped. Wow. He's blowing. Oh, my it's God, hilarity. this movie. Movie's so stupid. It's hilarity. Well, it answers the question, what would happen if I shot Frankie Avalon? <laughs> well, Frankie Avalon just now broke his leg. Oh, thank God that's all it was. He goes, it's broken. Okay. So he pulls out a broken ski and goes, you're right, it's broken. Okay, so right now he's in the infirmary and he's like, I have a date tonight. Can you just put a Band-Aid on it and I'll come back tomorrow? <laughs> These guys, boys will be boys. See, Nita promised him spin the bottle. Oh, so he wants to get, yeah. So he's got this huge cast and he's still going on the date. And, you he know, can't... Craig is like, you're crazy. Don't do that. So he goes, hey, make it spin the bottle with a broken leg. You can. Your cast is in the way. You, you kiss with the lips, not the. Uh, they're going to find yeah, a way. Your legs on the ground. All right. So he's like, make sure you call Linda 10 minutes after I leave and let her know where I'm going. Because that's their big plot. Right. So he calls up and asks to speak to Barbara and does let it know be known where, where uh, Frankie Avalon's going. But Barbara doesn't want to talk to her. She's mad. And so he decides he's still going on a date and he calls Freddie. <laughs> yeah, she's here. That's cute. Get lost. I'm Catwoman. Get lost. Catwoman was great. She had a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, Dad, I respect you. Fuck, I can do this shit myself. Right. Just like, like father of a That's right. Right. Uh, uh, Hit Girl's dad was a cop. Right. Yeah. So, and uh, so in order to his call dad was Freddy, right? He has to get into character, so he puts on his wig. Hello, Freddy. Is that you? Yeah. <laughs> now Frankie Avalon is really struggling. Todd is really struggling, but he's going on this date. Damn it! So he's so struggling that a scary polar bear shows up and he's like, get out of here. <laughs> oh, this polar bear. Does the polar bear find love? Give me your Coca-Cola. I want your Coca-Cola. <laughs> That's right, the Coke ad. Bye. He's all like, bye, polar bear. Yeah, I get it. Bye. Bye, polar bear. Bye, polar bear.
So now Frankie Avalon's in for a, for a rude awakening because he's here to see a Swedish girl, but she is like, I want to be like an American girl tonight. Talk to me. Bring me candy. Then we will talk and hold hands and talk and maybe kiss on the cheek. So it's very frustrating for Frankie, who was about to score, he thought. Yeah. He's all walking on his broken leg to get there. Right. Struggled. He's using a tripod. He's sick. I'll get here. Why am I doing this? Tripod. Tripod. So she goes, we can talk, then hold hands, then kiss on the cheek. And then she goes, what comes next? And Frankie Avalon goes, I don't know. I never got that far. <laughs> it's a good joke. Here it is. Those are not comfortable seats. That girl. Here it is. <laughs> so a lot of like sitcom swipes. At, or now it's later that night, and here comes Craig, here comes Nora, and she's in love. She's in love. Her and Freddie, Freddie they're sense. pinned. Freddie gave his fraternity pin. That's so, that's so sweet. This movie's taking a turn for the better. Yeah, very funny. Yeah, right. So he's like, but you're a boy, and he's a boy. And he goes, well, we'll work it out. So he's like, you have gone cuckoo. Uh, we're leaving now. So he goes to leave, but <laughs> Freddy's outside the door, banging on the door, because because. Todd is in there. What are you doing in there? What are you doing in there? Nora? Oh, there we go. And Nora loves it. He's like, he's so jealous. No boy was ever that nice. Oh, to right. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to carry the luggage because, as you mentioned, there's no rollers. Right. Exactly. They didn't think anything of it because they didn't know any better. You just can't. Yeah, they would walk down the corridor and not make a big fucking deal about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nowadays, you gotta like roller. Ugh, don't get me started. Wow, he has a broken leg and they're walking on the ledge. Yeah, well, it's it's a script. Even if something like it hot, they didn't have so much peril. Now we're gonna meet a taxi driver, and his name's Dick Miller. And he was in, you know him. Dick Miller. Yes. Yeah, of course. And we saw him in Mr. Dazzling Gremlins. No, Mr. Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff in tons of corners. He was in yeah. a million. Uh, he settled in Los Angeles in the 50s, and he just got noticed by Roger Corman, who cast him in most, seriously, most of his low-budget films. Well, you know, he was a, a good luck charm for Joe Dante. John Dante would cast him in all his movies. Uh -huh. So if you would see, like, for seven consecutive movies, because he was in Gremlins, notably, but he shows up in a bunch of his films. 
just gives him, you know, a, a cameo role. Yeah, and uh, jackpot. Buck Twenty years in Corman films. Well, Bucket of Blood is a great movie. He plays this like beatnik painter who has like no inspiration, kills people by mistake, and then puts them in sculptures. Puts them in it because of hit. Uh huh. Yeah, he like he paper mache's the dead bodies. Isn't there a smell? You no, know, he plasters. No, not this. Well, no, he gets away with it until the end. But it's it's a really funny movie. It's kind of he's a beatnik. Okay, now this is really interesting. Here's Mr. Peevney, uh, and he's like, follow that taxi, and he forces Peevney to do it. But the thing is, why does he need Peevney? Why doesn't he just take the motorcycle? Right. Oh, why is he in there? He's just tormenting the guy. Now, this is weird, too. Everybody sees them all running off, so they said, quick, get on the bus. It doesn't make any sense. Why do they need to follow? They don't need to follow. It doesn't make sense. Now, this movie has had a plot the whole way through, and it has made sense the whole way through. But now, like Michael always says, it's no longer grounded. It isn't making sense. Yeah. I just need a better way to make an egg, uh, egg McMuffin. Oh, you do? Well, then Hamilton Beach is for you. Is this what they do in New Jersey? If I went to a uh, grill, and they're like, can I get a, a, a Taylor Ham egg sandwich, please? Yeah, Taylor like, Ham yeah, egg and cheese. Get, you don't have that. Get the Hamilton Beach ready. There you go. Get oh, the Taylor Hamilton Jersey Beach fair. ready. Taylor Hamilton. I miss Taylor Ham, absolutely. It, it, I don't understand the rest service. of the world doesn't have it. It's it's really, I mean, it's akin to a hot dog, you know. I mean, it's it's processed meat, and it's the worst part of the uh, pig. And then they put in that um, tangy stuff. You know what I mean? They trick yeah. us into thinking it's good. Uh, and I'm tricked. I love it. Well, you can buy it in a supermarket. You just got to know the trick. You got to cut like a little radius or whatever so it doesn't like curl up when you Wait, cook it. Wait, in San Francisco you can buy it? I buy like – it doesn't say Taylor ham on it, but it's like, you know, Canadian ham. Isn't that the same? No. Canadian no. bacon is really luncheon meat in a circle. I mean, Mike, you're from Jersey, but I guess that doesn't mean you know Taylor ham real well. Um, no, I, I do know Taylor ham. Yeah, I used to go to Dizzy Bee Diner. Okay, okay. So it's, uh, yeah, it's like, well, I already said, it's like processed meat with the, I love it. I love it. And it's not Canadian bacon. So you can't get it in California, right? I mean, why should that only be in It's Germany? not really. Yeah, it's not really uh, out there. Okay. I don't know. Here. There's some other stuff. I mean. Heat of the, the night. Heat of the night. Yeah, yeah with Archie Bunker. And not and Howard E. Jr. Yeah, not Sydney. Look at that Quattier. Sunday, four hours. Jesus Christ, four hours. Of well, was it like uh, those characters hated each other in the movie? Well, it was Sydney like Connor's character. Yeah, they did hate each. Well, they didn't. They grew to like each other, but for most of the film, yeah, they were had a rivalry. Wow, this channel plays four hours of the heat of the night on Sundays. How did they even get this movie? It's a marathon. They must have pulled it like, well, we only played the Heat of the Night uh, mini marathon. 
Followed by Designing Women all night. Yeah, right. So they play the heat of the night at night. Oh, yeah. And not too late. They stop at 10 so you can get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, they know their demographic. Right. Black Friday. Dinner at 5 p.m. So this must have been before. Going to sleep at 10. From these commercials, I'm assuming this, ha- this uh, aired in November of 2016, prior to Black Friday. Yeah, and all, yeah, well, I mean, the December, I think it was December because they're like the deadlines on December 7th and it's days away. And for some reason, this well, we channel is Friday, all about yeah. old people. Yeah, well, I mean, old people are going to watch Tea Party in the, in the heat of the night. I guess so. Listen, I would probably think they're showing the movie to, to, uh, twice in a row if I found out it was four hours of it. So now Craig is like, I'm just kidding. I was just kidding. I'm not in love with him. Let's go back. And Frankie Avalon is like, not as long as those guys are following us. And now Barbara and Linda are having like a heart to heart and they realize they love the boys and it's their fault they got pushed away. You know, every time he went to kiss her, she just made him feel like a fool. So they're regretting. Right. She doesn't now she doesn't feel like laughing at him. And okay, so now Dick yeah, Miller is Dick Miller. Right. He's he's they're they're gonna owe him five hundred and eighty dollars, which they don't have. That is some cab ride. Must be surging, right? It must be called during surge. I'll drive. The fare it's up to four hundred and seventy five bucks. And they have oh, no come on, money. that's not fair. Ah, that is fair. <laughs> okay. So that's 1965 money. When there's some big event and we don't see it. We see the aftermath. And we're going to get another one of those uh, scenes. I got to use the bathroom. <laughs> I got to jerk this guy off in a glory hole. Jerk him off. I'm it's sorry. Uh, I mean, 6 a.m. and they need gas real bad or she, he's going to lose them. Uh, it's uh, it's Arnold Stank from Mr. Nightmare World. Right. I'm, oh yeah, they didn't show him get beat up. Right, and where's his one Batman effect? I'm late for. Let's make a deal. Right. So he's basically they couldn't afford Gary Owens. This is prior to right, his own game show life. Oh, wow. I'm going to be a big star. They took a Greyhound from California to Utah? What's that? They were in Indy. What's that? About Utah? They took a Greyhound from California, yeah, to Indiana, I guess. Right, right. Where's the locations? Where's the locations? It was Indiana, right? Here it is. Yeah. No, it was Idaho, Sun Valley, Idaho. Idaho. Um, so, yeah. So they show up and uh, Dick Miller's like, hey, the Pacific Ocean. And the other two are, you know, like, oh, is it still there? I mean, it's their neighborhood, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, it looks a little different. I have, I have driven by this area. It didn't move. Is this Ventura Highway, I guess? Yeah, I guess. It's so strange, Carl, because as you said, we grew up in New Jersey, and I don't remember Taylor Ham, but uh, I do know that when you watch movies, especially movies in California, it creates this universe of, wow, this must be what California is like. Uh-huh. You surf during the day and then drive up to the mountains and ski at night. It's like uh, people who've lived here all their lives and they've never gone to Empire State Building or Statue of Liberty. Why would they? You know, that's something yeah. for the tourists. Yeah, like it never crosses your mind. Wow, it's so beautiful. I, I think I've been to this. I mean, it looks familiar. So he's like, what do I, I do with my here. girl clothes? And he goes, take them off and throw them on the beach. That's what he says because yeah, it's set so crazy up guy. later. Just litter, right? You don't think Moon Doggy from Get It is living homeless underneath a? Uh, he'll be happy for clothes. Very possible, and he will be happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get it shooting up underneath the pier. Uh-oh. Oh, something to wear. It happens. Get it goes to joke. Get <laughs> it rides the horse. <laughs> there was Get It. It was Gidget Goes from Rome, I guess it was the name. Gidget Goes Hawaiian. Hawaiian and then Rome. And then there was the TV series with Sally Field. Right, right, yeah. Oh, my, I hate getting off the Greyhound. So yeah, wait for all these sexy sense. women to walk off first. It doesn't make sense why these guys chased them all home. It doesn't make sense. But but it's just sort of like they're they arriving a big home and they're right. happy to do it. Here they are again. Yeah, we're back in the beach, and we got see. That's the thing about the ski houses that you got to wait for the ski guards to come in to sing a number. Yeah. But on the beach, you know, there's rockers happen to be rocking out. Yeah, this is the Hondells. Yeah, they sang our opening song, and now they're singing the closing track called "The Gasser." <laughs> and they're on Serenity we hate the... Santa Monica. We'll never ski again. <laughs> surfing's up our alley. Surfing's in our blood. Surfing, surfing, surfing. But skiing. skiing. Surfing, surfing, surfing. <laughs> never gonna, never gonna ski again. Good surf with my honey. Never gonna, never gonna ski again. Screw that shit. Screw, screw that shit. <laughs> ski with my enemy. Surf with my girl. Skis for losers. Skis for losers. You can't see the bikini. <laughs> they know one dance number. They know it well. Oh, she's slamming that hip. They're just dancing. Yeah, surf, surf, surf. You can't do this in a ski lounge. There's no room to like show up. Kind of dance is that? Funky chicken. I hope they get married afterwards. She's great. <laughs> she would be an idiot not to marry, propose right now. Hey, my turn. They're killing time right now. The film's wrapping up. Oh. See, you don't have room in an indoor ski lounge to run up in front of the couple and start dancing in front of them. Exactly right. Yeah. You need a beach and a band. 
Fuck Scarfing. Now, this film is at an hour 43, and I'm not sure how much okay. time we took in the beginning, but uh, as soon as the credits start rolling, we better wrap up. I don't, I, we got to be That's good. Hours. Fair enough. Well, if, for those who are interested to know what happens after the credit, there's a, a free brochure on reverse mortgages. There's no free obligation. Free brochure on Just no obligation at a very little cost. And, and it's a plan. You can find what plan is right for you. Affordable just, rates. You can call anytime, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Yeah, Monday through Friday, 5 p. Uh, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. So now you can lower your cost. Bears her soul. Let them watch the commercials after. So Linda bears her soul. You know, I missed you and everything. And Frankie says, "Look, it was all a ruse. It was all a ruse. We were girls, and but it got got into a lot of trouble. I broke my leg trying to impress you. Freddie fell in love with Nora. All this trouble. And she's like, "You did that all for me." Yeah. Oh, that saxophone you hate is playing in the background. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I like With the saxophone. With Smith and the band. No, no. James Brown, it goes honk, 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 honk. That song is terrible. Why do people like that song? Well, I'll hold you in my arms. Boom. Um, it's so jerky and quirky and awkward. It isn't smooth and jazzy and bluesy like so much James Brown is. I, I, I was, but you know that song I've heard a hundred million times. Yeah. No disrespect to James Brown, I just heard that song a hundred million times. So any variation, any earlier version, any movie version, right? I, you know, I will soak up like a sponge. <laughs> he has so many great songs, and it just happened to be the one overplayed song. Right. And it's not really over. I don't think that living in America is probably more overplayed for me. You know, mm-hmm. we've had so good. Living oh, I got this in the classic. Right. Wow. Does he shows up in Rocky Ford sings that song, right? I don't remember. I saw Rocky Ford. That All right. Was, okay, wait. This is funny. Wait. Direct TV. But it's yesterday's technology. If you, oh yeah, water won't stop it. You'll still, wind blows, you'll still get no, your, all, uh, in the snow tonight. You know what it reminds me of is that whatever, uh, digital, uh, cable they got, they probably preempt other commercials and play their own Infinity commercials on it. Have you ever noticed that? Like, if you get, like, a dish, DirecTV will, like, put their own commercials over the really? commercial break. So, so it's like Nutrisystem. Every channel has a Nutrisystem commercial. And Interesting. Like, that's bullshit. Or they'll have a commercial about how DirecTV is better than cable. It's like, that's interesting. You know. Why are you, why hey, do they you do that? that? Like, we have cable and there's always the cable commercials. Why would you tell me I already have cable? You know what I mean? Why would you well, tell dish person dish the, is better? Well, because it's like that AT&T rule about advertising. Like, they would advertise a million dollars a day worth of advertising, but everyone has AT&T. Yeah. It's just to say we're in the game. You know, there's only one thing, and that is cable TV. And every day you see an ad for it. And also there's a lot of ads that, you know, instead of having an affordable life plan, they could just slap their commercial on it. Right. Crazy 88. 
Hey, um, Joey, Joey, I'm Joey 88, $88 down, $88 a month. Wow. And we have 88 at our 1-800 number. I'm going to call up crazy88auto.com right now. Beep, boop, boop, oh, yeah. beep, beep, dot com. 888 is a toll-free number. Why wouldn't they choose 888? Yeah, or 866. That's crazy. Are they on Highway 88 off of this Detroit? Oh, check this out since we're about to leave. Dell Comics yeah. published a 12-cent comic book version of Ski Party in conjunction with the movie's release. Oh, I want to check that out. I bet it's on the Internet Archive. Oh, that'd be cool. I bet it'd be like Dwayne Hickman, probably illustrated right. This film tanked, right? It didn't do well. But yeah. for some reason, Columbia Pictures and Universal Studios Pictures, they made their own snowbound versions of beach party films. Columbia's Winter A-Go-Go was released four months later, and Universal's Wild Wild Winter was released in January of the next year, which is six months later. So even though... I guess they thought it was going to be a hit while it was getting filmed, and they filmed their own, I guess. That was the trend. We've had enough of the beach, so how can we do the same thing somewhere else? Right, you make a ski. It's a perfect switch, you know. You know how, like, Marvel movies, the second one, they're like, it's everything's depressing. They're like, now it's everything's snow. (laughs) So... I put into YouTube search when you told me about this film, Ski Party, but I put in 1964 by mistake, and I just clicked on the first link, and I began to watch this Muscle Beach movie thinking it was Ski Party, and they were going to leave there and go to the beach. Don Rickles was in it. <laughs> and Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, this rich lady comes on a boat and takes these muscle, this muscle man who you know from Hawaii Five O to the boat by chopper. And I just started realizing I'm 20 minutes into this film and we still haven't gone to skiing. Something must be wrong. And I looked at the title and I was like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so I wasted a bunch of Was it Beach Blanket Babble? Well, that it's not much time if you get another Don Rickles in it. Well, Don Rickles wasn't you, doing uh, Rickles' insult humor. He was acting, you know. And um, yeah. Buddy Hackett was the uh, the rich woman's, uh, uh, like, number one and arranging stuff for him. And he was pretty funny. That's pretty cool. Well, I guess, but I quit after uh, 50 minutes. I was like, I mean, I got research to do. I can't be watching beach films. Yeah. Listen, I can't enjoy this for fun. In it. Well, I'm going to go check out Muscle Beach then, because I want to see it. Yeah, what was it called? I'll look in my history here. As we're waiting for the last... This is going to end now, and we just have to get through these commercials. I know, I'm so tired of awesome attacks. I don't even want to deal. Yay! Um, that's it's a called great Muscle party. Beach Party 1964. All right, I'm going to watch it in my free time if I, if I don't leave the house today. Okay, Freddy shows up now, and all he wants to know is where the hell is Nora. That's all he wants. Oh, my God. They... This guy ran from fucking Oklahoma over there. It's insane. 
Idaho, Sun Valley, Idaho, we learned. That is a long greyhound. Hey guys, have you seen a girl on the beach? I'm looking for a girl on the beach. She's got mod hair. Now, Mike, as wow. you know, we're doing the switcheroo next time. Okay. Yes, I, oh, I know, but hey, well, let's wait till this movie ends and we'll let the audience know. worried, though. We're at 1.52. Do you think we spent... Okay. okay. All right, so... Yeah, we're all right. No, no, no. Let's go ahead. Let's bring it up now. Look, this there's Nora's up. clothes. The red bikini is gone. He lies and said she heard you were coming, so she swam away. She must be, she could probably be to Japan by now. And Freddie believes it. Yeah. Nora! Now watch, does he really go in the water? See? He's an actor, man. He commits. He does. Was he wearing a sweater? I must have... Yes. He just came from the uh, snow. But up, oh, fourth wall, fourth wall. He goes, we'll tell him the truth tomorrow. And now uh, yeah. Peevney's recording to his psychotherapist, and he's saying that the skis have got fatter as he looks at a surfboard. It's not funny. But he looks pretty cool. I like that style. So now all's well that ends. They were They're back on the beach. And yeah, and then we're the Hanel ski party sucks. No more skiing, just the surfing waves. Oh. We say goodbye to another of our true life adventure. And remember the moral of our picture. Skiing sucks. <laughs> Stay tuned for cruise school. We're cruising. We don't know the double meaning. Yeah, there's Robert C. Lewis. Bobby Shaw. Da -da 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 -da. I do like when they show the credits like this. Where they show the now, his name is Aaron Kincaid, but he spells Aaron with only one A. Oh, Arnaud. <laughs> Arard. 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 All right, look at this. They got the New Year's Eve. You can, can't hardly wait. That movie. Oh, my God. You're right. It, was, it must be November. Yeah, because they had a Black Friday ad. Uh-huh. Exodus. These are some good movies. I want to check it out. All right, okay. there's Leo the Lion saying goodbye, courtesy of Metro Golden Air. And we are done. There's just more commercials. Carl, what did you think of Beast Party, 1966? It was, I would not, it, it was good for your show. There was lots to talk about. This is not the kind of film I would have checked out. Uh, it was interesting, you know. And it had some Yeah, I would check it out. James Brown. Yeah, I would recommend it for James Brown and the Flames. That was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and Leslie Gorsing, Sunshine and Lollipop. It was all right. It was serviceable. It had enough fourth wall breaking. Carl, as as we always do, I uh, pick a movie for you to research, and these are movies I read about. But this week we're doing a switcheroo. Yeah. Okay. You have Next a movie week for we me. Will, we will be watching the movie Loving You, 1957, Loving You, starring Elvis Presley. Oh, this is the Elvis Presley movie. You're the best. I'll send you the link. All right. Well, let's. Okay, uh, let's play the trailer, uh, but if we get cut off at two, uh, 4 o'clock, 
Uh, thank you guys for listening to LWAFLMOYT. And we, uh, I, there's no really trailer for this, but we're going to watch Elvis Presley next week, and I'll do the research. I'm looking forward to it. Carl, what a pleasure to, to watch a movie with you and the, our audience. What yeah. a pleasure. Agree. Uh, it was, it was agreed. And uh, check Carl out uh, on uh, Zoom, open mics, and check me out uh, doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> One less than you. Uh, all right, guys, so that's been our show. Let's watch the full life movie on L L L L A A A A A A A A A A Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. You can watch if you want to. You can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced Mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced Mutiny! Oh, my turn offs are guys who say mad. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman.
I'm six months pregnant. I'm five months sober. I feel, <laughs> I feel amazing. I feel very, very proud of myself. Um, none of us are actually ready to get the news that they need to be sober like today. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like one day you're partying, the next day it's like now you're done, and you're like, but I, I just, I just need a little more time. You know, <laughs> I just need to taper off and have like one last hurrah. But you can't do that. You can't find out you're pregnant and then like go buck wild and fucking take a bunch of Molly. You know what I'm saying? And fuck your old boyfriends. You can't do that. You have to, you have to be like, all right, I'm married. I'm sober. This is my life now. You know. I've got tall nipples. Let's just go for it. <laughs> but I mean, because we're all we're all just like very close to being alcoholics. You know what I'm saying? Like when I went to the went to the doctor's office before, they give you that survey that asks you like how many drinks per week you have, which makes me feel horrible every time, because it's like it, you know it's like one to three. And it's like who lives that life, fucking Mormons? And then. <laughs> Four to seven, that's the one I always pick because that seems like a normal amount, you know what I'm saying? But it still seems like the doctor's going to be like four to seven, you know? But I don't know. I feel like in one night, I could do four to seven in one night, you know? Um, and most times when we all go out on a Saturday, we have at least three drinks. Otherwise, what are we doing? Why are we even drinking, you know? <laughs> Sometimes we have three drinks in one drink. 
And then, okay, so let's say, let's say you have a light Saturday. You've had, you know, like, let's say you have a martini because you have class, or you have a Long Island because you want to get fucked in the butt. And either one of those is great. <laughs> but that's three drinks right there, you know. And then on Sunday you're gonna have at least one Bloody Mary to take the edge off, or two. Now you're up to now you're up to five. And then you have a bad Tuesday. You've got two glasses of wine. You're almost in the next drink bracket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're you're just one more bad day at work away from talking to your doctor about cessation classes. <laughs> So <laughs> finding out that you have to quit like cold turkey, that's like, it's cool and all, but it's not like you're this pregnant. You're just like your regular body. And then... <laughs>
You're listening to Mission Music, Balance Breakfast's new podcast at Mutiny Radio. I'm Balance Breakfast co-founder, Stefan Aronson. And I'm Jason. I am from Great Highway. And I am Corey of Saturn No Good. We have a special guest here with us today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, my name's Jamie Friedman. I'm, uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me online at Always More to Hear, and I work at Pandora, and I'm a singer in Conspiracy of Venus. Nice. Oh, Conspiracy of Venus. That's oh, the I one. totally know those. Yeah, yeah I, I know that. Yeah. I see you said you're in a choir. Yeah, I didn't. like church choir or like. That too. Uh, you know, like. I sing in churches sometimes. Yeah. That's a good group. They're really good. Thanks. I, I, I lived with a girl who is, you used to be in that group. I don't know if she still is. And. Uh, What's her name? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> You'll no, think of it. No, we can it, we can come back it was to that. So long ago, because okay. they've been around for a while now. Yeah, like I think like we're in our thirteenth season. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll have to ask about that faux show. Seems like she mentioned it. Seems like we got to talk about it. Yeah, maybe we should oh, start yeah. with that. So tell us about Conspiracy of Venus. Uh, well, we've <laughs> it's our thirteenth season, all female, um, acapella group. It's ironic because our next gig is at Piedmont Piano in downtown Oakland, but we will not be using pianos. Um, all of the arrangements are done by our director, Joyce Todd McBride, and we do covers of David Bowie, Bjork, Joni Mitchell, Tom Waits, Beatles. Um, we have a new one. We, we do Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Nice. Um, 
we have a Stevie Wonder tune that we're doing, and it's it's not what you'd think of like with Glee acapella. There's no there aren't a lot of soloists. It's all through composed, very difficult music. Um, it's super fun, super hard. Um, I'm a trained singer. I, yeah. I sung opera in college, so it's super fun for me. And the women are awesome. They're they're kind of my family here. Um, I'm, I'm so super tempted to, to yeah. look on Facebook and find out the name of the girl that I know. And, but then, I'll, we'll but then, I, then I won't listen to you. Then I'll That's be like right. over here doing this. But yeah, we, we have a gig um, at the end of October. I believe it is the 27th. Cool. Yes, in the afternoon. Piedmont oh, Piano yeah. at 4 o'clock. Um, should and, be fun. And Piedmont Piano is a piano store that has a, it's also a venue or something? Yeah, I've never, never been. But mm. that's, and supposedly they have some like super designer, beautiful art piece pianos that are like worth a quarter of a million dollars. Oh, right. That's what I've heard, yeah. That's nice. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, awesome. I um, I hear I hear your chairs chiming in on this. Too. No, no, that's that old guy in the corner. Mm-hmm. All of your chairs complains. All your, yeah, all of your chairs think this is amazing I don't too. Like it. I brought um, we 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 we've, we've been slowly putting new stuff in here so that 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 way we don't hear a crackle chiming in. Um, how how about we spray some WD forty on those chairs so we don't hear the chairs chiming in? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, you want to wiggle around and I'll spray and we'll see what happens. Sure, let's wiggle and jiggle it. And uh, she's gonna sing the wiggle song. That's the wiggle song. Did your uh, ranger do that one also, or is that one of your? We did the hustle once. What? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of. Are you want to wiggle around? Hey, that was good. This is a this is a such a janky uh, booth we're in, honestly. But it's so great. But we've been yeah, he's right. We've been gradually just putting in our own stuff, and it's getting better. It's getting better. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just ignore the man behind you squirting juice. Oh, gosh. <laughs> good Lord. Uh, it smells good. Yeah. It's good for the bronchitis. Yeah, we're all going to get a little high in here now on WD-40. Um, a little better. Goodness. A little better. That'll make okay. the show more fun. I mean, WD-40 is good. also good for getting paint off your hands. If you ever get paint on your hands and you're like, I can't get this paint off. Uh, yeah. WD-40. <laughs> and also, I want to be high. I can't put W I can't put WD forty on this chair with no wheels though. It's like it's just just uh, loud. Yeah. You could just put it on you could just squirt your knees with it, you know, just to get like a nice. <laughs> Sometimes I need to squirt my knees with it. <laughs> with what? That's what we do. Oh, okay. We're turning into a morning show now. We're getting raunchy. Yeah. Uh all right, Jamie. Yo. <laughs> so tell us uh Tell us the story of, of you and uh, arriving at Pandora and oh, uh, goodness. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and tell us about singing. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, so uh, choir was my favorite thing on earth when I was in high school. And so um, when I went to college, I studied, uh, I started, I went to University of Michigan to study music education because that was the one thing I could think of. It's like, I want to do music all the time. Yeah. Uh, turned out I didn't want to wave my arms around in front of a bunch of high school kids like as a conductor. So I went into music history and I was studying voice. I'm a trained opera singer. Um, and then That's I went cool. into ethnomusicology for, for grad school. In between, uh, had an internship at Smithsonian Folkways and the Kennedy Center. That was cool. Okay, so the opera thing, like, yeah. is, is it hard to uh, sing, to transition to doing pop singing from that? 
or was that was that did, was that a bit of an adjustment or i mean i'm not a pop singer like yeah i, I will sing and people if even if it's not opera they'll they'll say oh have you had voice lessons mm-hmm. but like, when yes. you're but when you're in conspiracy of venus i assume they make you sing a little bit not not uh, oh opera. yeah i mean i can't go all diva yeah. you know um wagner yeah yeah although sometimes it works um but actually it's interesting because at the very beginning of the group um like 13 years ago I joined and my voice was so big that it kind of, I felt like it stuck out mm. um, with the other women that were there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I left <laughs> and went to go sing in some other choirs. Oh, really? I've sung in like six, maybe six choirs over the last 12 years. Does Conspiracy so. of Venus call itself a choir or an, uh, we used to call them acapella groups when they were pop music. Um, yeah, I would say that we are, a, we are choir. Okay. How yeah. many of, how many of you are there? I think there's 24 of us. Oh yeah. So that's, it's the yeah. size of it. I feel like it, cause acapella groups usually was like 12 or less. I think. I mean, we actually do different kind of music than what you would think of as a collegiate acapella. Collegiate acapella, at least from my perspective, you would, you know, hear like a doa, doa, doa. Mm. You're like, you know, like a, yeah whatever and then you have a soloist that like steps out into yeah, the middle maybe some beatboxing in there yeah we don't do that yeah um it's very through composed um there's it's two two soprano sections two alto sections so the alto two sing real low and i used to do that which was super fun mm-hmm. sometimes there's a soloist but most of the time the the um joyce the way the joyce arranges it is the the um harmony just oh sorry the melody kind of switches and goes through each part um yeah and sometimes we split like into, I think, and when we do, we do, uh, I'm only sleeping by the Beatles and I'm pretty sure there's at least eight parts. Wow. So it's, I mean, it's definitely, it's acapella music. Yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes we, sometimes we have in, like on our, if you listen to our CD, we have our, sorry, our record, our CD, our album. Um, is it not on CD? Is that what it actually is on CD, <laughs> but it just feels ridiculous to say CD, the word then. CD. Yeah. My four, mm-hmm. my four-year-old daughter knows what a CD is. Cause I have them in the car and it's adorable. Cause there's no other four-year-old in the world probably that knows what a, yeah. I want to listen to CDs. Yeah. Um, uh, that we do have some instruments in there, but, um, but it is most we do mostly perform acapella. I think the reason a four-year-old would 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 like a CD would be the shine, you know, the shininess, as it's a shiny, uh, pretty little object. So. Yeah, I have them in the little, you know, those little books. Yeah. And I, because I have, you know, I had a huge collection, and I have an old yeah. car. Yeah. So I just have them in there, and she pulls them out, and she's like, "I want to listen to this one." Mm-hmm. I want, and so she loves Imogene yeah. Heap. Oh. Imogene Heap CD. Nice. Um, has like a picture of her on it. It's like this drawing, and I think she just thinks it's pretty. Yeah, and Imogen Heap gets pretty uh, coral and uh, multi. Oh my god, I love her vocal. so much. Yeah. I, say, I don't know. I don't know who that is. How would you picture? Oh, that? the where we what the hell is, is going, going on? on? Yeah, that's all. She was no. in Fru Fru. No. No oh, dude, Stefan. Yeah. Maybe we should Corey's play some. Also, yeah, okay, I'm on oh, maybe we should play some. She's play amazing. The, the thing that she's doing right now is that she has these um, electronic gloves. Yeah. And she moves around and, and she moves her hands around and they're, they're, they've got this software in them so she can... Um, play music. With them. Yeah, she can, she can do her samples yeah. and, and depending on how she moves her hands, I, you can't see me Different in the live packs. stream, but um, it's just she dances Black around on puppets. stage. <laughs> Basically, and it's open source software, so anyone can do it. So it's like going to be really cool to see how people take this technology and like I can think of entire dance troops making music. Wow. Like yeah. how cool! To, yeah. Anyway, she's That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, she's I love her. 
Yeah, she always she always seems to straddle that line between being like a little bit folksy, but also doing a lot of cutting edge production and yeah. Um, yeah. And she's also wonderfully British. She's got this very sing songy voice. Yeah. Hello, I'm Imogene. <laughs> that was a terrible English accent. <laughs> no, actually, it was pretty good. No, my husband's it. English. He would just laugh at me. No. Uh, Sorry, okay. Paul. If you're I was listening. gonna say I can hear him laughing right now. Yeah, totally. How are you? Oh. Hilarious. One. I love to count uh, the idiots <laughs> on the radio. Um, so, what else are you? What else are you listening to these days? What's 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 on your Pandora? So, <laughs> I, I've got this job where I get to build playlists. It's uh-huh. ridiculous. It's so, it's really cool. What is? How would you describe your job then? <laughs> so. Um, I'm so glad you asked. Um, so I'm on a team called uh, we're, um, Creator Services. And so Pandora has this whole suite of um, artist tools. So if you're on Pandora and your music's spinning on radio, you have access to all these things. And there's things you can like feature tracks. You can do artist messaging that plays on your channel. And then we also have this thing called Creator, um, creator Profile, where you can basically build playlists like you can on Spotify or any of the other services, but you can then add voice tracks in between. So it ends up sounding like a radio show or um, a podcast. Mm -hmm. And so we're just trying to get people to use these things. Um, I built one for the balanced breakfast breakfast. It was awesome. Um, It was so awesome. It was so awesome. So I, what I did was I, I picked this. Well, I think they were songs that the artists had chosen or that was already on the Spotify playlist, sorry. That was the one where we, that we did intros, too, right? Yeah, yeah and was it was like, hey, really cool. we're Great Highway, and Jason did yeah. one. Um, this is a song about X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're really awesome. Um, it's, you know, to help folks tell the stories behind their music, or mm. um, you can also, you can really do whatever you want. You can talk about your influences. Um, Kendra McKenley did a great one about just music that she likes. Um, yeah. It's a great way that if you have a new album out, you can talk about it. It's a, just a cool marketing tool for like just an extra thing to put out in the world about yeah. this is my new record. Something I like about Pandora over Spotify is it feels like when they when they roll out features um, to to get you more connected to the artist, they they roll them out to like all the artists. Whereas like I feel like Spotify is constantly experimenting with their just their top echelon, oh, uh, like their top forty people. Like like sometimes I'll see a feature. And it'll be like, oh, the lyrics are scrolling over the album cover, or like, there's yeah. the story of the band below it in a in a in a vi- in a video or like a series of slides. That's really cool. And then as an artist, I try and like figure out how to do that. And you have to dig real deep into like Spotify's FAQs, and then finally find out like they're not. It's not for it's not for you. You know, like yeah. you're you're not you're not cool enough. You're not because you're not. Uh, Edward, uh, oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, there you you, go. YouTube did something like that where they have uh, YouTube. Ed Sheeran, that's what I was trying yeah, to Yeah, they oh. have YouTube artist. Um, yeah, so YouTube did something like that where they have YouTube artists, and I was all excited because it allows you to connect two accounts together with the idea that you have your, your, your for fun account and your professional account. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then, but the problem is they're only rolling it out for people with high enough followings. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, like you've made the technology, just let us use it. Yeah. yeah. I wonder why they don't. There's probably multiple reasons, but don't, why stick, they... up, don't stick up for them now. Well, you know, there I'm are, there are reasons why they roll these things. <laughs> so what would sometimes. be a, what would be a thing you would, if you could do anything with Pandora, what would you do yeah. to like enhance the, the, the user experience? 
what would be like your first design? Well, <laughs> we have this new thing um, coming. That's they're just they're they're turning up the um, personalization stuff. Um, and I think what they're working on, I'm, I'm going to totally twist your question a little bit. Twist <laughs> it. I'm not totally sure. I, this, I started this job in March, so I'm still really figuring it out. It's amazing yeah, yeah. how something that seems so simple it's very is such a complicated. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, that's why this company has 2,500 people working. I mean, now it's more because of serious, yeah. the serious acquisition, but, um, there's going to be more editorial picks. The, the problem actually with Pandora as a, programmers i program classical music too mm -hmm. which is amazing to me i was making yeah i was i'm working on a beethoven playlist right now it's beethoven's birthday a is beethoven year. playlist or yeah we don't so we have these a to z's spotify calls them this is blank yeah and it's yeah. basically like a if you just want to listen to this artist and you want a human curated playlist that isn't just that all the top songs listen to this so on friday i was working on an abba playlist I so did, do you I, start with like their popular or how does that flow yeah you start with their popular ones and you try to make it flow yeah um with the abba one i chose um take a chance on me first because it starts cool yeah you know take a chance take a chance take, yeah. take a chance yeah. good start yeah that's um, a i hear that in acapella groups a lot yeah it's such a good one <laughs> Um, and then you want to throw in some like deep cuts yeah. and then some live things and maybe some duets and, mm -hmm. you know, but Will you be throwing in podcasts in the future. Oh, so Pandora has podcasts mm -hmm. and podcasters are a lot. You can be a creator. You can make a playlist if you'd like. So can it be music podcasts, whatever you want it to be? Um, I believe. Yeah, I think so. I think you can program tracks yeah, in there. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool that mix. We got to put our podcast on Pandora. Yeah, you should try yeah, it. Or, I think you should be able to submit it and like you don't necessarily have to go through because we we have um I I will you have there's there's a podcast for Pandora for podcasters submission process yeah okay I'll look at that um and um we it's great like there's one called Aria Code it's basically um, Rana Giddens from the California Chocolate Drops and she mm -hmm. basically takes an Aria and just like tears it apart and then puts it back together so mm. you like learn to understand what's going on in this aria and i'm trying to i want i really want to make a pandora story with her or with with aria code yeah because it'd be really cool to like get all these arias all in one playlist yeah um but oh so you asked me about what the so what happens with pandora is because people can thumb up and thumb down if you can see i'm doing the thumb up and the thumb down um stations get really tweaked out so things, because listeners can program their own, you know, they can really influence um, what these stations are are playing. What are they're playing? So, yeah. like for instance, mm. on the there's one there's one classical station that doesn't actually play classical music. It plays like just like piano music yeah. that isn't classical, quote unquote classical. Yeah. It's just like you know songs called Lavender Hills hmm. or like. You mean it's like modern stuff that's been recorded? It's not even, yeah, it's modern. Recently. It's just, it's it's basically music that you would hear playing in a waiting room, yeah. which uh -huh. actually Pandora does really well. And you're saying that's because people have voted that up? They like it. Yeah, they yeah. just like it, you it know? It might not be right, but they, that's what they... Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah. that's a thing that actually Quote becomes unquote. an issue with Pandora. So we're actually going to be doing more editorial stuff where the staff can pick have more of an influence yeah, on what people are listening to ranking or... and this other stuff won't go away yeah but um so it's kind of funny because you know in this world 
I mean, we, I guess there's people that have become famous through Pandora, like there that aren't that don't fall into a genre. Yeah. But like, it's nice to listen to like these. Oh, there's mm. string quartets that play pop covers. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, where would they have, where, that you know, that's, where would that live in yeah. like the world of right. music other than on? How do you discover that? Like, how does that put into a you know, into something like Pandora? Oh, I I would I wonder what people would, maybe like, um, wonder what they would look for and find. I don't know. Um, like Katy Perry covers, yeah, and then all of a the sudden they they yeah. they hear a oh yeah you know firework string quartet cover, and they're like, oh, this is nice. That's how I for random reasons I I built a I I won't go into the the, the motivation, but I I built a, a playlist of uh, covers of the song Africa by Toto. Mm. And I, had, I had something <laughs> like twenty of them. It's a lot of lot. It turns out there's there's like eighty of, there's like eighty different covers of it, and there yeah, it's the full gamut of styles. There's there's uh there's piano music, there's a jazz cover, there's like swing, there's electronic music that c- covering it. Um, you can, I love a good cover though. You can get Africa yeah, okay. in any any style you want. I hate a bad cover though. There are so oh many my god, covers. and then there's some songs that can't be covered. What song? I think "In Your Eyes" by Peter Gabriel. I've never heard a good good cover. It's fair. I was a big fan of um, covers in the let's see, late '90s, early 2000s when I feel like all the punk bands were doing covers of uh, mm-hmm. um, pop music, but they were doing it in a very punk way. That would be mm-hmm. fun. I did I a whole like bluegrass it. covers playlist. That was really fun. Bluegrass cover, the punk one would be good too. Yeah, yeah. that'd be fun. Can you guys measure how well the playlists are doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, can, we like, have. Is we that have like a whole... big part of your decision mm-hmm. process? Yeah, I can see the numbers and how many things get played. And is it like track by track? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can and you can see how many are. You can see skips. You can see thumb up, thumb down. You can yeah. see what was completed. And this is all part of the artist's back the suite. But it's you called s- amp. Yeah, you can. Yeah. S- but you can yeah. see it as as the creator and as the well. Creator yeah. Too. yeah, it's all the tools that you can see how things are going. So you you came up with a background in in choir singing, and mm-hmm. you've you you like classical music. So you've got a there's kind of a, a an old school component to your to your music background, and yet here you are at a at a tech company. How, when you look at that, does that blow your mind? How how do you feel about, you know, like if if ten years ago your your past self beamed into the future and saw you were working for this streaming music service, like well, ten years ago I probably wanted to work at Pandora. I've yeah, been trying to work oh, really? at Pandora for years. Yeah, I actually work with a guy that I almost got his job six years ago he's mm. on my team mm. um i was yeah, teasing happens. him about it for a while <laughs> why why did you want to work for pandora over any it, of the other ones yeah that's a good question oh no i tried to work for all of them oh okay i applied to work at rdo i applied to work for RDO. itunes all of them yeah so that was like your them. career dream was to work for a streaming music company essentially no, um so i grew up in la and so the music world was there and i think for a while i was like oh i should I think I never wanted to work for a record label because it just seems so skeezy. Did you ever want to be it a is. full-time musician? No. Why not? Um, I did not. I, that life never. Yeah. And I'm also not that good. I mean, honestly, like I'm not that good. <laughs> oh. Like as a, as a performer and a singer, like I don't think, I don't write music. Mm, um, yeah. And my mom's problem. My parents are listening, by the way, I think Hi, they're parents. in Australia. Um, my aunt's listening to it. Sorry, guys, you're gonna like you're gonna get mad at me later. Did they did they raise you up to be a musician? Were they expecting you to be no. like the next be a star? No, they were pretty pumped for me to go to grad school though to be a music professor. Yeah, that's cool. Um, oh, they then, wanted you to be a professor. Well, no, I think they were just like down to whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. 
Um, but the record label industry just seemed really like ugh, it's gross skeezy. in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like skeezy. you know, just no, I don't think it's gotten any better. That's I, I think it's yeah. different. I think it's different, but it's not like yeah. yeah. Parts of it have grown because of the internet, but that are yeah. less skeezy. But there's yeah. still a big skeezy. Yeah. I can't get a sense of if it's like if the record company business is more powerful or less powerful than it used to they're be. pretty powerful yeah it's, yeah it they're seems it seems like they aren't because as a consumer you don't feel like you're up against record labels as much you don't see yeah. their branding but i think invisibly the they're still so they're, yeah, they, they don't are. brand them themselves as much yeah. but they, I, yeah i don't i they are i'll just say like from what i've seen they they still have yeah. the back door, but they don't have a hundred percent of the. What they used to have, like pretty much a hundred percent. Now oh. it's like there's like ninety percent, ninety five percent. Well, no, I think there's more because there's so much individual, indi- yeah, like, like smaller. But and then the indie label. If well, anyone indie catches on, too. they go for distribution. They go to a, a yeah. major label, which is makes sense. You have to do that, yeah, because if you want to be a huge star, would you unless unless you kick ass on YouTube? Yeah, would you like to see you know the record the re- the the music industry be less record labely overall? Like, would that would that be something? Do you think it'll happen? Oh gosh, you know more indie like twenty years, ten years. Bands, I mean, the only thing I can say is that I if if I worked, I, I don't know, I don't know the record labels, the the music industry is just bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, anyone who's been paying attention in the last ten years, it's like no one has any idea what's going to happen. Yeah. So, so you, so you don't have a you don't have a clear sense of like the future roadmap of the music industry when you look at it from the Pandora perspective. You can't really see how it's going to go. Well, it's consolidated. I mean, it's already consolidated. Yeah. But what I'm seeing now is that these smaller services are popping up to fill the blanks of, like, for classical music. Be- so there's this whole metadata thing with classical music because. <coughs> classical music has the composer element to it and mm-hmm. there's like billions of versions of different <laughs> pieces so the metadata is a mess so that's why if you go and want to listen to classical music on any streaming service it's like what what's happening what's going on this is doing this to me yeah so there's there's these smaller like gimme radio you know, yeah. if you're familiar with them yeah so like i think they have a metal country and classical, yeah, I know I think. they have the metal one. I know it's popular in the country, and yeah, and it's beca- and it's because of all these subgenres, yeah, and you know these larger these larger streaming services. It's harder to really get what you want if you're looking for. I mean, that's the sense Deep, that I get. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I haven't spent a whole lot of time. I, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but um, they're not going to hear it unless they <laughs> listen to everything, which they might. But you know what? I don't know. It's going to keep changing. I don't know. The internet's a wild world. It is a weird one. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know. But the record labels, yeah. I remember, so when I was a senior, I think a senior in high school, I did career day, and there was someone's dad that worked at Sony. Oh, God. So I got 